Welcome to the Sparks and Space podcast. I'm your host, Ailish Lucas, and each week I'll be bringing sparks of inspiration to ignite into your business and the space to remind you who you truly are. I'm so excited you're here. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to such a special episode. I am with the amazing Jada Salna, who is a business coach, a best-selling author, a poet, a TEDx speaker, uh, the co-author of Simple Green Smoothies. I think that was what the book was called. Yes, Simple Green Smoothies, because that was her previous business where I first came across Jada, and also the host of the Lead with Love podcast. Now, The reason I was wishing and hoping that I could get Jada onto the podcast is because she has just recently launched this incredible book called She Builds, the anti-hustle guide to grow your business and nourish your life. And let me tell you, the amount of parts where I have um, highlighted, I have um, folded over, I have sat there, nodded, I cried, I felt like the biggest release of energy when you shared your experiences, that it was just, it was one of those books that I was like, oh my goodness, I feel seen. Mm. And for that, I am just so grateful that you wrote the book. And secondly, that you agreed to come on the podcast. Yes, that's so sweet. And It's just a beautiful reflection when you have been cocooning and writing and kind of in your own world and then to have a body of creative work out in the world where you really have to release and surrender and let it do it, you know, let it do its job. Um, So it's just beautiful to hear how people are experiencing it. I love seeing highlights and folded pages. And I have friends who are like, it's in the bathtub with me and post-it notes. And um, so, yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I feel when I wrote that book in 2020, like kind of when I started, I got my book deal with Harper Business. Um, I was, you know, I thought like burnout is then, but I feel like the collective burnout has actually increased as we move into 2023. And so it's just fascinating how a a message you think is like, oh, it might not be as relevant in a couple of years, but it's actually even more relevant to all of us as we reorient and redesign our lives with the information that we have been given in these last couple of years. Yeah, I really agree with that. And the collective burnout that you said you feel everyone experiencing, I, well, first of all, I personally resonate with that. And second of all, like from the experience over here as well, everybody is exactly the same. And I feel like this book is such an antidote to that because it just, I was just saying to you before the podcast um, started, that it was just such a giant permission slip for me I wish it had come out at the beginning of last year when I was in that phase of burnout and like very like very severely in it and just it being able to to be there to kind of guide me through that process so I wanted to ask you a few questions around it um I've got some notes on the side and page numbers that I've been like oh my goodness yes 
Yes. Yeah, I love it. It's like uh, book church. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. So um, for anybody who has the book, this is on um, page 243. And Jada mentions there'll be certain seasons when you need to give yourself permission to build slowly. If you're not as visible or productive during these periods, remember that you're not hiding, you're healing. And when I read this, I was like, oh my goodness, yes, you're not hiding, you're healing. Now, with hustle culture being the way it is, you've also mentioned in the book around how it gets so celebrated that you have to keep pushing through no matter what, and you have to be obsessed with it. And you, if you're not growing, then you're dying and it's profit at all costs. And I just wanted to ask you like how you came to that conclusion yourself, that it was like, I'm not hiding, I'm healing. And it's okay for me to scale back to then take things slowly to move forward. Like, how did you come to that true wisdom? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously when we get to these places, it's a very lived experience and embodied. And I truly believe that anti-hustle is the antidote to burnout for us to be able to build, to move, to create slowly. But for me, it was in 2019, I was working on my book my book proposal and feeling excited and like ready to just like, you know, take that project on. And then life happened. And my father at the age of 59 years old passed away. Um, and then a few months later, we put our dog down who was 13 years old that we had rescued from the shelter when she was just a puppy. And that was a really big part of our family constellation. And then um, just a few months after that, my brother passed away at the age of 16 in a car accident. And so that was six months of grief and loss in a very tight circle. I'd had never had loss in my immediate family. And it's interesting because during that season, I still felt like I had to push and show up for my community. I had a group coaching mastermind program going on, retreats, all of these pieces. And I felt this, this guilt of, of feeling sad and not having the capacity to show up. I had my lead with love podcast going on all of these pieces. And I was trying to like, hold on, keep the train moving. And I knew I just had to surrender and let go. Like, why am I doing like, why am I holding on? Like who, who built this, this way of being and not allowing myself to be human, not allowing myself to grieve and really heal from the inside out. And so I made really conscious, intentional decisions. Like, I'm just going to pause on my podcast. I can turn it into seasons. And that's actually a decision that I've made. I don't record podcast weekly. I'm like a, I'm like a Netflix show, you know, where <laughs> it's like a few episodes back to back. Um, I also had my coaches, I had friends come in and do some mentorship and guidance with um, my clients and the group program and just really modeling for my clients that I need to take a step back. I need to like really process and heal and also learn how to receive love, how to receive support, because I don't know about you, but as people pleasers, as you know, 
givers, sometimes overgiving and always there for everybody else, we actually have a really hard time receiving love and receiving support. So I had to learn a different version of what leading with love means to me, um, being able to prioritize myself in the season and like not do anything, not hold space for others, not do things for others, but allow others to do that for me. So that was a real gift. And it was really hard during that time because I had saw people that I had like peanut butter. I was like peanut butter and jelly of, of certain like coaches in the industry. And they had gotten book deals. And that was just like, life was happening um, still on the outside and other people's businesses and they were thriving and they were growing. So I was, you know, jealous and like, uh, like not fair, but also it just, that was the season of life that I was in. And I knew that I, I'm like, I am living the book right now. I have to just surrender to this and not force it. Um, so that, um, you're not hiding your healing if I had published the book before I did, that wouldn't be there. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? The, so those lessons and things that came, um, I had to live through to be able to explain it from a very true and authentic place. Mm, yeah, massively. And did that feel scary for you? Or was it a case of you were at the stage where you were like, there's, there's no other choice. I have to just give up in the sense of I have to let the business kind of be set free in a way at the moment so that I can allow myself to be supported or was it just a case of you know it doesn't matter like whatever yeah no that was definitely scary like I you know contribute majority of our family's livelihood so it was definitely a scary choice and decision and then the pandemic happened just a few months after that so um I had to work through that, but also, I mean, I have amazing therapist, life coach. I talk about this in chapter four of the book with gathering your support squad um, to really have some perspective, to really trust and remember um, that I'm always provided for, that I always figure things out, that I can get resourceful, but I really needed to give myself that time to just go in and be with my family and really process all of that and show up for the meaningful moments that weren't on Instagram, that aren't metric driven, but also it's just like, oh, this is why I do what I do so that I can step away and tend to my life at the same time. So being able to build a business in a way or make new decisions that didn't exist in your business before so that you have those options and choices to pivot and shift a bit inside your offerings. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think the reason it resonated with me, I'm like just on such a deep level was I've like last year and the year before that was like personally such a hard year with supporting like my partner with like like huge losses with a daughter and then like his he's a widower as well. And then being the person that supports everybody else and then supporting people in my business um, with my clients, it was like, I then forgot to support myself. And that's when like the massive burnout came for me. And it was a process over last year of trying to keep everything running 
and mm-hmm. going and going and going and then just like slowly grinding to a halt because I was like I can't do this anymore even though like I would have say um like my therapist who I would speak to once a week and that was great but it was it, well first of all like you say having that support squad there is so important but when sometimes you're in unique situations you yeah. feel very alone so that it's even more important say like to have your amazing like life coaching your therapist there because they serve very different things so I think it's just it was so fantastic just to read that because it felt so real and also just like how would I explain it almost like um there's life that happens as you say in the book there's life that happens and it's not always good it can be heartbreaking and it can be that huge grief and it can be horrendous and yet it's okay to then take a step away from the business which is nobody had ever given me that advice like Mm. don't worry just take a step back it's okay just do what you kind of immediately need to apart from my therapist um so it was just so lovely to see it out in the world being like life happens it's okay and yeah. this is what you can do. So I think I, that's probably one of the things that was just so fantastic in the book. Yeah. And I just, yeah, so I'm just so thankful for you writing that firstly. <laughs> yeah. And I I also think um, something that I learned in me being able to receive support and be supported emotionally and through those seasons Um similar to you as you were holding space for your loved one for your partner during a season of grief and and hard pieces is also getting the people that you love that you hold space for getting them their own support so for me I have a teen and just all the things that are going on for teens in this this world right now so she has um like what my life coaches is Rebecca McLaughlin and I'm like everyone needs a Rebecca and so it's like my kid has a mentor and is in a circle a teen circle that meets once a month in person but then in between has one-on-one sessions with one of the mentors and in that program my husband being in groups and having his personal therapist like everyone just needs when you are at capacity and you are the one that's usually holding it down for everyone else, sometimes the most loving thing to do is not for you to hold space for them and be the one holding it down is actually like, go get the support that they need for themselves too. So it's like, we can't be everything for everyone and even for the people that we love. So that was something that I, you know, over time learned that, oh, my people, they need some people too. And it can't be me. Yeah, massively. Yeah. And that's what we ended up doing. We were like, right, breaking point. You need mm-hmm. to have your like own support squad with your therapist. I need to have mine so that then we can come together and then figure this thing out as well. And I think yeah. it was that that was the point of kind of transformation for both of us, where it just became that little bit easier and then a bit easier and then a bit easier. And now we've entered into this this like 2023 and it feels exciting and it feels mm. good and it feels like okay, we're building. So um I think that was like that well, that was really amazing like turning point for us so I wanted to also talk about um where you mentioned about my race my pace my personal best and how this led to like you guide people in the pause pivot and push strategy can you just say a little bit more about that because I think it's so fantastic 
Yeah, I, again, you know, when we're building something meaningful in the world, but also we are living through life, there are seasons in our life and in our businesses that call us to make different decisions. And um, actually even talk about this earlier in the book about permission to be a slow cooker versus a pressure cooker. And um, it kind of lines up with the, the embrace your pace of really honoring who you are or honoring where you are in your life in that moment. And I don't know um, for you, like I have a, a pressure cooker and it's very complicated. It has all the buttons. It's, there's the burn notice. There's so many things, but you get a, a meal very quickly and it feels like you've been cooking it for hours. And then a slow cooker is very simple. It doesn't, it's just like four hours, eight hours, and then you walk away and let things simmer. Um, and for me, I've learned that about myself. Things need to simmer for a lot longer than maybe most people. Um, so giving ourselves permission to be a slow cooker, to allow ourselves to move through things um, at a slower pace, knowing it might take longer, but it's also just more simple and not as overwhelming and complicated in the process. And you get the same result at the end, a very nourishing meal. And with the push, pause and pivot is really tuning into where are you? Like, are you facing resistance and you're procrastinating and there's something that's on your heart that you really want to move forward? Um, then that's when you need to actually put yourself in a push season because hustle is 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 a season. Like there are times when we're gonna have to exert effort. It doesn't mean anti-hustle doesn't mean hustle's bad or don't do it or don't work and just, you know, kind of flow through life. There's got to be some structure in, in the way that we flow. Um, so there's some seasons when we actually need to push ourselves to get something to the finish line. And for me personally, I'm a quick start. I love ideation and kind of pulling that all together, but then to commit and like pick a date and do the thing and publish it and put it out in the world. It's like, I will over polish behind the scenes and over perfect and all of these pieces. Um, so that's when I have to bring my coaches, my accountability, um, my mastermind groups to help me move something to the finish line. And like, actually, I need to say no to everything else that's going on in my life. My book, How to Push Season, um, not the whole time because I was really embodying the anti-hustle way. But I that was a season of like, uh-oh, I think I'm taking, I'm getting a little too slow and too flowy. And um, so needing to kind of have that extra effort to push when I'm in a, a season of resistance. And then for the pause, that's like that season of grief for me, right? Being able to pause on my podcast, pause within my coaching program, receiving support during that time and allowing myself to just exhale, to take a breath, to like reorient myself, to heal and to know that, yes, I'm not hiding during that season. So those are those seasons of pause when everything is coming at you or the unexpected things in life happen, a chronic illness, um, you know, some type of diagnosis, even a move or a change in relationship or caregiving for elders or for kids. There's just so many things that come up in being human and life um, that maybe we need to pause somewhere in our, in our business. And then there's the pivot, right? Where it's like something is 
sometimes there's forced pivots where it's like you have to move in a new direction. And sometimes there's callings for us that our heart is calling us to move in a different direction. And it could be super big. Like when I sold and exited my company, Simple Green Smoothies in 2016, that was a big pivot. And I feel that it took me three years to actually be brave enough to take that step and and exit. So those pivots can be kind of simmering for for a while. And I noticed that in myself. Um, And then there's also smaller pivots where it's like, oh, this offering that I had isn't working for me or it's not working for my community. And so I'm just going to release that and try something else, right? You're like pivoting and moving in a new direction or changing niches or whatever it is. Like we give, we have permission to reinvent ourselves as we grow and we change and evolve. And pivots can be very hard because a lot of identity is hooked into a way of being. So we really have to give ourselves permission. Um, and sometimes it's kind of outward where people are like, ah, you're crazy for doing that. Why would you leave that? Like all of those things. So really getting honest with yourself when your heart is calling you in a new direction. Mm, yeah. And I, I really feel like you talk about this in the book, but just going to what you're saying with the pivoting, it requires a level of trust in yourself and knowingness in yourself that is so grounded and so connected and so much deeper um, than what anybody else can kind of see, particularly with those pivots, when people are like, what are you doing? You're crazy. And you're like, and like I think it was um in the book you mentioned um it was a quote from Glennon Doyle about she stopped asking um other people for directions because they've not been to where she wants to go and I think that's so true but can you just speak to learning to trust yourself in a world that essentially kind of really tells you not to because it's always about like buying the next thing doing the next thing getting this from this expert and I think it's when we can like listen to that voice in ourselves that then we can start to cultivate that. But I'd love to hear from your perspective what trust means to you. Yeah, I think something is also connecting to what are you afraid of? Because if you're not moving forward either and you're kind of taking in, well, like they're saying this, maybe there's something for me to pay attention to, um, to pay attention to what are you afraid of on the other side of that pivot. And I remember, and I I share this in the book, but I had a conversation with my friend and mentor, Jonathan Fields from uh, the Good Life Project. And I remember I wanted to leave Simple Green Smoothies very early on. Like I already wanted to do more speaking and coaching and just sharing about business strategies. It was like what really lit me up. And um, I wanted to leave sooner. And he's like, ah, maybe, you know, like there feels like there's some things that you still need to build in this arena. And if, if I had left sooner, I wouldn't have published Simple Green Smoothies book. Um, and that really built a lot of confidence for me and my future um, book. So it, like not blowing everything up, burning all these bridges and really being intentional and slow and strategic because also I'm, you know, providing a livelihood for my family. So I had to be very Um, So that's how I build trust with myself is being able to, all right, I know where I want to go. What am I afraid of? Oh, I'm not going to have enough money to like take care of my family. So I started doing test projects on the side 
every quarter while I was still doing my responsibilities in simple green smoothies. It's like, oh, where do I want to go? Let me do one experiment. Let me do a two-day retreat this quarter. The next quarter, let me lead a six-week coaching program. I would just try these different things. So I started to build revenue and a runway on the side for me to build that confidence in myself. And then I remember talking to Jonathan again and I was like, am I crazy for leaving? And he was like, you're asking the wrong question. The question is, can magic strike twice? And the answer is yes. And when I heard that, what I connected to my fear that I didn't think I could build another successful business. Like simple green smoothies was my golden ticket. That was the thing. This is the end. Like if I leave this, then nothing is going to be available to me. And so that really allowed me to connect to what I was afraid of was like, I'm not, I'm I'm not going to build another business that I can provide for my family. And so that kind of when sometimes it's about trust, but also it's about tuning into what are you afraid of? And then what are some things that you can do to help soften some of that? Fear doesn't go away, but let not let it lead the decisions that you make, not let it be in the driver's seat. Like you can be in the passenger seat, but you don't, you don't, you don't have control of the wheel. Um, and also being gentle with ourselves, um, really paying attention to your own nervous system. Some people need to like rip the band-aid leap and the net will appear. I am not one of those people. I am very slow. I am very strategic. I am very intentional. My nervous system needs to move um, and transition even in my day-to-day life in a very slow way. Things that are jarring and like, it's just too much. So for me, my pivots are happening behind the scenes for like two to three years. Yeah. i And that's so refreshing to hear because it does feel like there's a lot of rip the bandaid off, jump it and like see what happens. And I think that when you, what I heard from that was you tested things out and you were curious with it and you've brought that compassion and that kindness to yourself in the sense of, okay, I'm just going to see what this is like. And I'm going to test this out because I've got this little voice in my head, like itch I want to scratch and I know that I need to probably go in that direction, but equally, like, there's magic happening over here. And I love that magic can happen twice. And it it's like, it's so true, because what you've created is pure magic. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so inspirational. Whenever you, like, you look at the lead with love and your love framework, I think is just so fantastic. And that that literally is pure magic that you've created through that slowness and that curiosity. So can you tell everyone a little bit more about what the lead with love framework is about? Yeah. So um, to kind of set up the love framework, I have to start with where we're coming from talking about fear. Um, So I talk about us being really hustle culture in that that treadmill is like we're on this cycle of fear. And that's F-E-A-R. So first, it's forcing exhaustion, avoidance, rigidity. 
And this is what kind of puts us in that space of burnout and overwhelm and depletion. So we start in the forcing, we're trying to just push and make it happen. And like, really like, I got this. And um, when we do that, when we push ourselves, then we lead into exhaustion, right? We're tired, we're depleted, we're overwhelmed. We just, you know, then when we're in that place of, of exhaustion, then what happens is we want to hide under the cover. And now we're in avoidance, right? Like, I don't want to do anything. You also start to build resentment towards your business because you are so tired and now you're avoiding the tasks within your business. And then we are in rigidity. So it's like, I made this plan or I started this business. I said I was going to do it. I want, I need to be in integrity with myself and stay. But sometimes when we are in integrity with ourselves, then we are out of alignment with our souls. So we have to really pay attention to that rigidity, um, being kind of stuck in one way of doing thing or one plan or one vision and really giving a little bit more fluidity and flexibility that things can adapt and change. You have permission to change your mind, to change direction, to change the timeline. Like I say, don't put a timeline on your dreams, put a timeline on your action. And when we release that pressure and rigidity to do something in a, in a certain amount of time, then we have more expansiveness to play. And we just had to, we have to get also creative in how we're generating money and revenue too. So sometimes you do have to straddle businesses or, you know, people might be in a corporate nine to five and have the side hustle, the side project. Um, so being really creative in those seasons and not being so stuck to one way of doing things or saying like, well, I told everyone this is what I'm doing and I can't like, you know, be out of integrity with myself. So that is the cycle of fear, forcing exhaustion, avoidance, rigidity. And so the way that I designed the book is through the framework of love, L-O-V-E, and that's lead, optimize, visualize, and expand. And really we start with lead because we need to lead from the inside out. We need to vision, connect to our dreams from the inside out, not what other people want us to build or what we think is a successful business, a unicorn billion dollar valuation company. Most of us are not trying to build that, but we're operating like we're building something like that. When if you are building a business about your life, you know, being able to do something meaningful, make money, make a contribution, but then also still have time for your life, that's the type of business I'm building. And so I need to make decisions from that place and being able to define what is enough for me and my family to not only survive, but thrive in our lives. And for most companies, it's that's the bottom line doesn't operate from taking into account the humans that are running it. So knowing that shift for yourself, I think is really important and being able to have that support squad that can move you forward in the direction of your dreams. And then optimize is about really looking at not just your time, but your energy, like being able to build a business and a life that energizes you and doesn't drain you. So I have a lot of exercises in there that really, it's a self-awareness practice of like, what 
what is giving me life, what is taking me, depleting me, all of those pieces and having more self-awareness, and then also how to create repeatable systems within your business. So you have more efficiencies, you have more structure and flow, but doing it in a way that is sustainable. And then once you have that solid foundation, then we move into visualize, which is actually bringing the vision, the dream into action, like actually being able to move forward on your ideas and what you're trying to build for your business and your life and being able to reflect and take, you know, what I call a, a retrospective. It's a common term in the business space of like, what's working, what's not working, what might we do differently? So testing that vision in the real world and taking action. And then we move into the last phase, which is expand. And this is about really doubling down on the sustainable foundation that you have built by being sustainable, being um, intentional in your vision uh, for your business and your life. And how do we deepen? How do we allow ourselves to expand and grow to this next level in a way that is sustainable and honors the seasons of life? Because you know that grief that shifts and changes and it's not just a one-time event they're going to come often and so how do we become in a more fluid relationship with our businesses and have more trust not just in ourselves but in the way that we operate in our businesses so that we don't have that resentment and we have the capacity to take on more in a way that we can reach that next level without burning out in the process mm, yeah that's amazing and i when i read that the, the framework around it I just thought gosh that's such an empowering way to live your life and do business and I think the book and you from having had a coaching session with you many years ago you just embody not only being so focused and being amazing and a brilliant mind at business but also having that softness and that the, literally the love for let's stop dehumanizing people our customers whoever we come interact into um community with and build those relationships because um there's one particular part in the book a, a little bit earlier on you talk about building a community and focusing on those people and so it's almost like dating them and I thought yeah. that was I remember this from quite a few years ago when I'd listened to something and you were like think of it like going dating like social media like dating and like building this community like dating I thought that's such firstly a fun way of looking at it and secondly it I think sometimes we get told the lie that just because you set up a business doesn't mean that people are going to buy from you you have to provide them with value you have to like they're parting with their hard-earned money so like you need to give them this experience of it but can you uh, just for context uh, give yeah. people the example of like the dating and the community side of yeah. it yeah yeah so I talk about you know being able to court your community and really allowing yourself to show your dance moves on the dance floor. So imagining you're in a club and you're dancing and, you know, there's someone who like is on the dance floor and is like, hey, girl, can I show you my dance moves? And you're like, sure, let's get on the dance floor. And then they're like, oh, I can't do that here. I have to take you to my house. Like there's a, there's this rushness to like get people to the offer, get them to. Um, so I look at the dance floor as where you're showing up and 
building trust, adding value. So that could be social media, the a podcast, a YouTube channel, all of these different ways of how we can kind of show our dance moves. And then we can invite them to our house, which is like in business sense, your website or your brick and mortar retail store, right? It's like, come to my home. And then they get to see what it is that you care about, what you have to offer in that way. And then you can invite them to the bedroom, which is like your email list, a very private one-on-one -on -one conversation. Even if you have, you know, thousands of people on your email list that you, there's only one person on the other side. So that's where you can have the more intimate conversations where people are willing to share more vulnerable things because it's not on the dance floor. It's not on social media, wherever you're putting all your business out there. So being able to see that um, trajectory of how we can court our community through that process of, again, and it's also a little bit of a, it's, it's a slower dating model too, right? It's not the, there, because there doesn't mean that people don't move faster, but for most people to build trust and to feel safe enough to take that next step with you, there's, there's a process and an order that allows people to kind of open up and be ready to make that decision for themselves. Mm, yeah, it's so true. And I think whenever I talk to my clients, they are like most people are in such a rush because of what we've been taught that like it's growth at all costs. If you're not growing, you're failing. And like, why have people not converted yet? And I'm like, you've just launched like, yeah, yeah. To, like <laughs> build this up and like talk to people about it and like start to build that trust with them. So, yeah, it always does make me chuckle. But then like we can all fall into that trap because it's just yeah. like it's a natural human thing. Right. Yeah. And something even on my uh, calls with potential clients, the way that I coach is, is really honoring those nervous systems that need to move slower, that need to make decisions. And it's like, that's something that I'll say on the call. I'm not like a hardcore salesperson. You don't have to make a decision and pull out your credit card in the next, you know, like 10 minutes. I, and it, and not to say that that process doesn't work because some people thrive on the urgency and need that extra accountability to make those decisions. I am just choosing like, I want the sell. I want to make money. I want to serve these people, but I just do it in a different way. I'm like, if you need to sleep on it, sleep on it. If you are a full body, yes, right now. Awesome. I'll send you some follow-up details, copy you with my team. And if you're a yes, just reply. Yes. If you have questions, let me know. So there's a date, like I just date and dance differently and that's okay. And so for whoever wants to be courted in a more slower way, they're going to resonate with me. And, you know, I opened the book saying that there are no unique messages, only unique messengers. And so sometimes we think like, oh, someone has already done this. Like, who am I? Like, this is oversaturated. There are so many people. And we really have to connect to what makes us different from what other people are selling. And it's actually great to sell something that's already working. That means there's a marketplace for that. But for us to really connect to that, we are unique in just the essence of who we are and how we show up in the world. And I am always looking for resonant teachers. So it's like, yes, I love the results they get for that person. And that teacher, for whatever reason, they talk too fast. They do that, whatever it is. It's just like, not, doesn't work for me. So I need to find someone that talks about that, but I need them to be a resonant teacher for me, a resonant mentor. So really paying attention to that, I think is so 
important for you to know, like, how do you want to be sold to? How do you want to sell and like operate in that way and look for teachers and inspiration for people that are modeling the way that you would like to embody too? I love that. And just going back to what you said about there's no unique messages, there's only unique messengers. And in a world where I feel like there's a lot of everybody copying everyone else because they're not quite sure what to say and they feel like if they say it differently they're doing it wrong like Mm -hmm. how how do you pull out that uniqueness from yourself to them and and then convert that into something which is first of all which resonates with other people second of all that you feel moved and called to talk about and you get excited about how would you bring someone through that process Yeah. So there's a couple of things that are coming up for me around this. And one, I'll share an example. I hired a coach who is amazing, um, a media coach, Lenya Floyd, um, to help me kind of come up with talking points when I'm on podcasts and um, things that I could be saying over and over again and um, having her read my entire book. But what I noticed of me not wanting to get it wrong was then all of a sudden I'm like doing homework before every podcast and like looking and ah, like it just felt like so much that I then it was no longer in my body. I was in my head. And so I had to release every single talking point, pitch, soundbite and trust that I know my work. I know my lived experience. I know my stories. I wrote the book. Like what, so even when you and I were talking right before we pressed record, right? You're like, is there anything that I need to know or that you want to say? And I'm just, I made this different decision that I would just come to every conversation, every interview, just so present and connected versus searching for the soundbite or the the pitch or the message and just trust that if I just like stay embodied and I stay present to the conversation and the person I'm talking to, that my energy and my passion will move through in that way versus trying to like remember the smart thing to say. So I think there's there's power in us trusting our voice our, our lived experience and our knowing our stories, just like trusting that it's inside us. So that's one thing that I want to share. And then from a perspective of working with clients, again, we already have the answers within us. So when I coach my clients on a one-on-one basis, I am just asking them questions that are marketing-esque questions. There are foundations for people to um, psychologically make buying decisions or consumer behavior, but to find that voice within you that is already true in resonance. So I will ask questions that might be a structure of like a marketing email sales funnel, but I'm interviewing that person to really get their stories out of them. What is their truth? What do they already know about their client? Like they know their work so well. So I'm over here just like frantically typing or I also record my calls, but just really like finding those pieces and reflecting it back in a more concise way. And then they're like, yes, that sounds amazing. I'm like, you said it all. Like you literally said it all. I'm just kind of pulling the pieces and parts that fit into the structure of being able to help people know that you're the right person for them. And I want to raise my hand um, that I cannot do. I struggle with doing it for myself many, many times. I'm really great at it. 
with other people, you know, I, there's this saying, you can't read a label from inside the jar. And I'm like, what's my message? What do I talk about? What, like, what do people resonate with? What's the problem that I solve? Like, I'm like, cause I feel I'm so intuitive in how I show up and I, I can solve, I can meet my clients in so many places from team to messaging to, um, product ideation, all of these things. So I, I will struggle with that in myself. Cause I'm like, I need a me for, for me. <laughs> I'm giggling whilst you say that just because I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> like I could do it for my clients where I'm like, yeah, I'm fire. And yeah. then when it comes to me, I'm like, oh, what's my name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What am I here for? So um, that makes me feel a little bit better as well. So thanks for that. And mm. um, now in the book, you also talk about, which I think is just so refreshing, your previous clients slash current clients that you've got and the stories that they have as well and one really resonated with me where um I the name escapes me but she sounded like firstly a phenomenal lady and secondly she was growing her family like she was pregnant and she had her business as well and she was trying to figure out how to put all that together and I would love if you um would be able to just to talk a little bit more about that story because I feel like the the process of somebody being a business owner um being female and then being pregnant and trying to grow that family it, you just never hear about it and <laughs> it's it's always like where they're like we're just gonna power on through and just do this shit and you're like oh it sounds awful um so like can you just tell um the listeners a bit more about that story and how she came to kind of flourish from the other side yeah so I'm like there's a couple stories in there because I'm realizing majority of my clients are moms, even though I don't target specifically moms. I used to have like a mompreneur mastermind and, but I realized I'm like, I want women that identify as business owners, as entrepreneurs versus mom first. Um, but I also have many clients that are like, I am a mom first and a blogger second or things like that, right? So kind of knowing where you are on your your values and what matters most. So if, if one, you have to choose. Um, so I share a lot of stories within the book about women who are business owners, founders, CEOs that are also juggling the responsibilities of being a caregiver to tiny humans at home. Um, but I think the story that you are talking about um, is probably in the embrace your pace chapter. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, a really close friend of mine, Nikki Elledge Brown, who has a podcast called Neptime Empires, um, has done hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales with her course, um, a course about copy. And she was feeling that that um, pivot within her, that there was like something brewing in her, but also that she desired to grow her family and was actually in a state of inaction and not moving forward on either, right? Not like, ah, if I get pregnant, then maybe I can't have the business. If I do, if I do the business, then I can't have the baby. Like we do a lot of like, if this, then that. Um, and so she had to get really honest. It was during one of our um, masterminds in Sedona where she was able to just get really honest with herself that like the two things that mattered the most to her was being able to have a third child and really just say that out loud and also um, being able to write a book. Another, neither of these things were 
revenue generating offerings, but that was just the calling on her heart to pivot towards and that there was a message brewing inside her that she was still exploring with that, um, which now she has a podcast called On Her Terms as well. So kind of straddling these two worlds of parenting while growing a business. Um, And so she's still in the process of actually writing her book right now. We were just foxing um, about it yesterday. Um, So there's that, that's a pivot, right? A very intentional pivot and when you make that you have to be honest with yourself of what is it that you really want and then connecting to the fear what's scary about that and like oh I actually need to move slower in my business because I want to be in my kids lives I know I don't want to be a mom full-time stay-at-home mom all the time but I do want to be there for every moment for every activity um, for when they're sick and all of those pieces and then my business will fold around that because that is what matters to me the most in this season of my life. So being able to pay attention to to where what matters to you in a certain season, because it can shift and it can be like, I need to grow my business. I can take care of my family. Um, so I need my husband or my partner or whoever to kind of support and hold down the fort so I can spend more time out in the world doing those things. So we have to pay attention to those pieces. Um, But yeah, it's really being honest with yourself first. And it's really hard to say the truthy truth, Um, (laughs) but that is where you will get the clarity if you can just be honest with yourself, no matter how it will impact other people if you just say it to yourself without anyone else listening and get true and, or if you have a safe space like us, there was four of us together that we were able to really witness and there were tears and all of that to be like, I want to grow my family right now. And that means that I'm going to be slow in my business because of the way that she wants to parent. Um, and that's not for everyone. There's some people who are like, yeah, let me I bring the kids and grow the business. So just like we're everybody is so unique and different on where their values and priorities are. So we have to be just really also compassionate for how people choose to build and be okay that that's not the way that we want to build, but not shame it because there's parts of it that can actually really help and inform us of how we can show up in our work and our lives. Mm, hugely. And I think the shame around it and the judgment around it can is still really prevalent in society at the moment because I feel like we're still catching up with this toxic conversation around like it has to be this way it's like it's hustle it's grind it's obsession until like you're on the floor and yet women are trying and I have successfully but still trying to come into the space and add uh like almost like that feminine energy which gets so pushed down and has a lot of negative energy around it and I think maybe that comes from like women like having been emotional in the workplace and emotions are really bad thing and men don't experience these same emotions and don't experience these highs and these lows even though science and like neuroscience has shown us that they do but so I think it's again going back to the book this is why it's such an important book to read because you get these examples of how people are doing it differently with no shame with no judgment and it's purely celebration and I think it's so fantastic what Nikki's done. I followed her for a while and she's absolutely incredible. And the words that she can use and just put together, mm-hmm. it just, 
it's like it's technicolor on a page that's when I read her words it's literally like technicolor like it's coming to life and coming to color so it's just really fantastic so um, I'm mindful of your time so I want to start to wrap up a little bit even though I feel like I could talk to you forever um but if you were starting again you had no money no time and you were in the season that you're in right now but you had all of the knowledge that you have what would you do first and where would you then go afterwards what would be the steps that you would take to be able to achieve the vision that you want yeah well the vision (laughs) starting with really connecting to your vision for for your life and how you want to feel in your business to me I'm very vision oriented um versus goal oriented so being able to paint the picture of wanting I'm wanting to build and create for my life how am I wanting to spend my time and just kind of capturing the essence without the how or the when um so that visioning process is very important to me I actually I have it's free on my website that you can actually get the future vision prompts um, to do that, even if you don't get the book. Um, so if you head over to jadasellner.com, you'll be able to you'll be able to find it there. Um, and then uh, for me, I am very curiosity led, very like project based learning. So what is the thing that I would be excited to dive into? and learn more about. Um, So right now for me, I'm really geeking out on writing and authorship and creativity. So I'm taking another spoken word poetry class right now. Um, I'm working with writing teachers and memoir writing and all of these pieces where it's just my, I'm just lit up and interested to be a beginner in that because oftentimes when people try to restart up, they're in a should place. Like I should do this. This feels like the smart thing. Um, like I thought I should write a more like marketing book or something or there. And I really had to connect to like, what am I excited and super passionate about that I could spend hours getting lost in? Um, and a great kind of way to look at that is looking at all of your books that you own, whether it's an Audible or on your library, your bookshelf, in your Kindle, whatever it is. But what are the books that you bought and you haven't read? Um, so for me, an example was that as I had so many green smoothie juicing health books, I actually never read a single one. Um, even as I was running a health and wellness company. And then what are all the books that you've bought and you've actually read? And so mine were very like lifestyle, time oriented, wasn't even about marketing. And so like, the, it's like, there's these shoulds, like I should read a book about this. I should read a book about that. But what are the books I'm actually reading? Where is my learning and my curiosity actually going and following down that rabbit hole and then kind of follow, following the Austin Cleon show your work and just being able to document your journey of discovery and beginnerness as you move forward and and share that journey with others. That's where I would restart of like, because I think a lot of times there's things where it's just, we've got to put in the free work, <laughs> you know, the things. But so like, what's the thing that you'd be like? If, even if you didn't get paid, you'd still be excited to do. There's a lot of upfront work in a startup where you're not getting paid right away. So enjoy that process while you're doing it. So that's where I would start is what am I excited to learn about? And then share, document, 
um, and bring people along for that journey that I'm just in this beginning stage and then take them all the way through that. So that's kind of even in my own, I want to be reading, uh, leading writing retreats. Like if I, my bigger picture vision, I want to be genre hopping from health and wellness to business, to memoir, to historical fiction. But I feel like I'm such a new writer right now. Um, but I want to document and share that journey. And then I'd love to be leading writing retreats for people and really inspiring locations. And so that is kind of the, the mastery that I'm playing with, but I'm looking at it as a 10 year year journey. And I just need to learn right now. I am a student and I will take people along while I learn that journey. Mm, that's so incredible. And I think the the golden nugget there as well is not only the learning, but taking people on that journey. Because when you can take people on that journey, they they get so much more invested rather than going, ta-da, I've done it. And I think that's just so fantastic that you mention it. And it's also, it's a reminder to me for where I'm at right now to be like, okay, this is the next evolution of what I'm doing. I'm going to take you along with me. So I yeah. think that's such brilliant, brilliant advice. So thank you so much for that. Now, where can people find you if they would like to know more and buy the book and all of that good stuff? Yeah, if you go to shebuilds.com, that will take you to all your favorite links and for booksellers, whether it's Barnes and Noble or Book Depository, if you're, you know, outside of the US or Canada. Um, uh, so you can get that. And there's also bonuses available. One that I share is the retreat, the annual retreat that my husband and I do each year at the beginning of the year to kind of reflect and celebrate the previous year and then start to vision and dream what we want to create for the upcoming year. So I basically have like a checklist and a schedule that we do while we go away. Um, so that's included. And also um, like what I shared, the, the future vision prompts, and I kind of guide you through to fill out those questions. Because to me, when you have that future vision in place of where you want to be in the next three years, there's something so grounding for it. And then just release it and let it go. Like, you don't need to make it into goals or plans or anything like that. Uh, there's just, and then revisit it in three years and just see what happens. Like let your subconscious, which they call encoding, when you write down your vision of what you're wanting, that there's there's pieces of it that your your brain is already searching for the opportunities and you don't even know like, why was that an immediate yes for me? Um, so those are free bonuses if you go to my shebuilds.com website. And of course, I'm at Jada Selner, J-A-D-A-H. S-E-L-L-N-E-R on all the socials. Yeah, I love that you also have to spell your Instagram account out as well. Because yeah, I'm yeah. like, A-I-L-I-S-H. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, this is such a mouthful. Well, Jada, thank you so much for taking the time to give your heart, to give your true lived experiences, to not only create such a fantastic book, I know you wrote in there about you were a little bit nervous and you were sometimes a little bit worried about, is it going to be good enough? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I sat there today and I was like, wow, I finished this book. And it just, it, it just made me feel so emotional. No book has ever made me cry before. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I think it's testament to you for like, bringing everything together of of what you've experienced what you've learned how you've succeeded and how you've become a starter again and restarted that it's just such a magical journey and I really honor you for that so thank you so much for sharing it mm, thank you so much this is just a fun conversation it's been nice to talk to you in in real time again 
Yes, it has been. And everybody else who is listening, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening again. Bye-bye.